to the mic, they start dimming the lights, you start feeling alright. From Birmingham, home with the Teddy Longs and the Ruben Studders. More once you discover, for all of the lovers, Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns. For all of the lovers, and Mickey James and Marvin Gaye. For all of the lovers, and Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige. Allow me to say, look, I just found a place we'd escape. For every one of us, I was kinda late. I just made it off the struggle bus. Walking by the fake, cause I know it's right in front of us. Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great. Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air. Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware. So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. You know I go by Joe or the wrestle. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the 100th episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. Oh, my God. 100 episodes, y'all. So in this episode, we're going to celebrate by, of course, going over news and gossipish, which is power-packed and full of a whole lot of stuff and drama. Then we're going to talk about the show and where it is and where it has been and where it's going to go in the celebration of HWP 100. And I'm going to talk about what I liked in wrestling this week, plus Money in the Bank predictions. So please, listen and enjoy this 100th episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Thank you, guys. Right, so as promised, I have a power-packed news and gossip-ish. There is a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling, per usual, but this week just seems like there was just a whole lot. But I'm gonna start with something really crazy. Um, Logan Paul, who performed, of course, at WrestleMania this year in Texas in his tag team match with The Miz um, against the Mysterios, has now officially signed a WWE contract. So they announced everywhere on social media this week that Logan Paul, um, even WWE, you know, announced it as well, that Logan Paul has officially signed a contract. And there was a picture of him with the contract posed in a picture with, of course, the interim, um, I guess you could say chairman and CEO of the WWE, Stephanie McMahon. That's so weird to say, but it's still beautiful either way. Um, and um, Triple H. He has signed his contract um, and it is official. Like he is a WWE superstar and he has made his intentions known that after he signed his contract, he wrote a note that says, I'm coming for you at Miz because they're running at WrestleMania. If you do, if you may or may not remember after they won their match against the Mysterios, much to the chagrin of a lot of the WWE fandom or whatever, um, the Miz attacked him with a skull crushing finale and left and basically celebrated the fact that, look, this is all about me. This isn't about you, even though Logan Paul did do a star making performance um, there and he did a really good job. But he but the Miz was making it his business to let him know, like, no, this is my territory. This is my spotlight. You're not going to take it. So I guess Logan Paul really didn't take too kindly to that. And he really remembered that. So now he's coming for the Miz and the rumor is, is that maybe they'll fight at SummerSlam, but I do, you know, believe that it will still be a good match either way, even though Logan Paul does ruffle a lot of feathers, you know, in a very negative way with the content he's made with his brother. 
um as well it's just uh yeah okay but we've seen that he can wrestle so i'm pretty sure him and the miz will put on a really good show so that's what's going on logan is a part of wwe officially so i guess congratulations to him also something interesting that came out um in the news i want to say wednesday was sports illustrated released a um a story talking about um soul man rocky johnson who is of course the father of the late father of Dwayne the rock johnson the actor slash wrestler and a story came out saying that there was dna that proved that a lot of these that a lot of five strangers found out that they were fathered by soul man rocky johnson and that the rock is their half brother and oh my god it kind of set the internet ablaze and it started with lisa Purves, who said she was 18 when she first found out when she first reached out to soul man rocky johnson who um fathered her and when she tried to call him you know he would ha- he would hang up multiple times and then she actually left a message for him and that she, and that she never heard back and before she turned 30 years old she once more tried to call him on the phone and told him who she was and he hung up the phone so she she said that this felt you know very embarrassing for her the fact that her father did not want her and it took her decades to recover from that you know embarrassment but she grew and had a child of her own right after high school and then she got into filmmaking and screenwriting you know after working as a nurse um and then she wrote her first script when she was 38 years old and won a fellowship at simon fraser university in british columbia and she took every job that she could get you know and then she took on a personal project of doing a documentary about children whose parents knowingly separated from them but someone um a friend suggested to her that she should turn the camera around and tell her own story about how her father didn't want her and honey she decided to take it even like a step further and basically find more people who share the same bloodline as she and she found out that they are that there are multiple siblings that have siblings that she has that were fathered by soul man rocky johnson and i believe within the article they did say that they may or may not have tried to reach out to the rock um a few times or maybe they haven't but it's a very enthralling story so if you look it up on sportsillustrated.com it's really interesting and it's also a pretty sad but somewhat common story about how men have a tendency to father multiple children with multiple women and take you know little to no responsibility for them it's really sad but in the end ultimately the children wind up making the most out of their lives in certain situations like that and you know you can't just let stuff like that define you because I know there are lots of single mothers who feel like oh this isn't fair you know you're not you know put it putting in your end of the bargain you helped me create this life so why aren't you you know contributing to it the way that I'm contributing to it but in the end in a lot of cases um there are single mothers who wind up doing the very best that they can by their sons and daughters and their children wind up being the better for you know not having their father in their life or in some cases they don't but then at the same time you know no story is the same but I hope that all of those siblings are able to reach out to the rock and you know make that family that familial connection you know from a pure place um and then they can love each other through that like 
soul man rocky johnson was a rolling stone out here and that wasn't easy to come to grips with but at the same time um when you hear about some of the stories that the rock has told about um his relationship with his father it wasn't exactly the best um even when he was married to the rock's mother so it's just it's really frustrating and it's sad you know to know that that's a part of his legacy as well but hopefully you know some healing can come out of it and they can all get to know each other and love will happen from that you know part and sadly enough you know rocky johnson can't be held fully responsible for it simply because he's passed away now um but you know here's hoping healing for the entirety of the johnson and um other families that were impacted by that but please give that article a read and check it out because it was really an interesting read also in the news we have the news that allison coach danger will be coming to women's wrestling army which is the promotion that was started by uh, maria canellis bennett um it, it was first announced by sean ross sap who has the answers to everything that allison danger will be the new coach for women's wrestling army um her years of experience in wwe and shimmer and around the world will bring another exciting element to WWA and that coach will be hosting a seminar on Saturday, July the 9th before their show, um, which is Chicago. Um, Women's Wrestling presents Chicago on July 8th and the 9th at the Logan Square Auditorium. So congratulations to her. Like I've heard a lot about Allison Coach Danger, but I haven't really seen her wrestle before. But I do imagine that her reputation is a stellar one, so I can't wait to see what that has to offer. And I actually need to make some time and carve out some time to watch Women's Wrestling Army and WOW Superheroes as well, um, just to support these shows that are that are all female because that's always important. Also in the news, we have Valerie Lareda um, agreeing to a WWE contract, and she became the first Cuban-American woman to sign with the company. So um, as announced, um, WWE added its latest former MMA star to its roster this week by signing Bellator's Valerie Lareda to a contract. Lareda, who was the first Cuban-American um, woman to sign with WWE, and now she was leaving her MMA career behind in favor of the Square Circle in an interview with Ariel Helwani. And she said that, I'm really excited and I've de dedicated my whole life to martial arts and everything has come to this moment. And this is my opportunity to showcase my culture and entertain the world. I'm emotional because I've worked really hard in my in my whole life. I've had a hard upbringing and every day I've always just believed in myself and trained hard hoping to make it to the next step and just chasing a dream that I've had in my heart since I was a baby. Lareda will officially begin with WWE on July the 18th, one day before her 24th birthday. These girls are so young and I love it. Um, she went 4-1 in her MMA career and last fought to a split decision victory over Taylor Turner in November. So this is going to be really interesting. I'm really excited for her and the fact that she's making history as the first Cuban-American wrestler um to sign a wwe contract like that's really cool and i'm really happy for her in that aspect and of course she's gonna bring all of her mma background to it i wonder if she'll start in nxt first um before she goes to the main roster but i'm pretty sure it's safe to assume that maybe she will because there's a whole you know class of new recruits you know coming in all the time but with the nil and so many different things going on there but congratulations to valerie lareda making her dreams come true 
um and her just being so young and doing it too like there's a lot of these women who start off really young like as young as Thea Hale who just graduated from high school and she's training you know to be a wrestler on NXT and NXT level up and stuff like that so it's just a beautiful and inspiring thing to see these young women you know chasing their dreams and doing what it is that they feel like they want to do with their lives so yeah that's really great also in the news um Sasha Banks and Naomi are reportedly still on the WWE roster. Now, I know I may have addressed this one time on my YouTube channel where I was talking about the situation where Sasha and Naomi did walk out on Monday Night Raw as they were the uh, women's tag team champions. Um, and they haven't been back since because they've been suspended indefinitely. Um, so I addressed it one time, but I'm going to address this because for a specific reason. So there have been multiple rumors um, put out by people who are insiders and even people who aren't insiders about Sasha Banks being released from WWE quietly. Um, her, it's been reported that her and Naomi are reportedly still considered to be with the company. According to PW Insiders Mike Johnson, Sasha and Naomi are still listed as dev on WWE's internal roster which wouldn't be the case for a superstar who has been released. And Wrestling Inc.'s Raj Jiri reported recently that WWE released Banks, but WWE has not announced the move publicly, and it hasn't confirmed such a decision to any news outlet or reporters. And he's basically on social media sort of doubling down on it, you know, a lot of the time. And it's kind of scary how he's doubling down on it you know from his sources and all the above and how other people are sort of taking it and running with it as if it's absolute fact but a lot of the time whenever someone has been released they either say they've been released and let the public know about it or usually sean ross sap um of fightful who i mentioned earlier would have announced it and it's really hard when you look on social media and you know that sasha banks and naomi are like two of your favorite wrestlers and there are constant rumors from people who claim they have fact talking about how they've been released or that or specifically sasha has been released when no one really really knows and honestly none of it has come from the horse's mouth no like Naomi or Sasha both have not addressed it since they've walked out so at this point why are we still running with these reports like is it because you know it's going to get attention you know is it because you know people are going to click on it you know if you use their name for clout like what is it like why are you doing this um something that I try to do a lot of the time as a budding journalist myself is to always know that some of the information that you get you can't you it's like you have to take it with a grain of salt because only the company and only Sasha and Naomi knows what's going on literally only they know and if you're on the internet sort of spreading misinformation about something that you don't know about then that kind of makes you look really bad on your part um and I don't ever want to be the person to spread misinformation because these at the end of the day these are still human beings you know working for this company and put and they've put in all this work for this company and it's just it's a very sticky and delicate situation when you're dealing with people dealing with their careers and what they love to do and you can't just be saying stuff when you don't live with them and you don't know them and if you do know them, like you should try and get the right information. But 
it's okay to have a platform and say that you don't know like there's no shame in that at all so yeah let's just stop the misinformation about these women and just continue to show love and support for them regardless of what decisions are made will be made or whatever because at the end of the day these are still human beings you know dealing with a very delicate situation that makes us all emotional and makes us all sad um with the way that the tag team um gold has sort of been has been ended and sort of pushed to the back because of it because they have because on WWE programming they have yet to mention the tag titles because after they were given up they did announce that a tournament would take place but yet nothing it's been almost a month I believe if not a whole month because it's July now and nothing has been mentioned about the women's tag team titles absolutely nothing so you know maybe they've scrapped it completely or I would just prefer if they would replace it with a mid-card title for the women but either way it's a delicate situation and we shouldn't talk about it if we don't know all the information and that and be and also know that the lesson is that just because you have a platform doesn't mean you have to know or give off the impression that you know everything the smartest person in the world is the person who can admit that they don't know everything and that's just what I have to say about that. Um, so I love my girls and I hope that at some point they can come back. But either way, let's just stop pretending that we know everything because we don't. Um, also in the news, um, there's a, basically like a rumor that Tony Khan, of course, the owner of AEW, reportedly gave approval for AEW superstars to send videos for WWE congratulating John Cena on his 20th um, anniversary in the wrestling business and in WWE. So a lot of fans, especially myself, was taken by surprise on Monday when we were watching a lot of these tribute videos come in for John Cena celebrating his 20th anniversary. Um, when we had multiple AEW stars, you know, pop up underneath their regular WWE names, which I thought was funny because they had Chris Jericho up there. But, you know, Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. He's always been Chris Jericho. That's never going to change. But then they had Big Show on there as Big Show um, and not Paul White. And then you had Daniel Bryan. Well, you had Bryan Danielson as Daniel Bryan. And they still had these their videos on there, along with multiple others like Randy Orton, Edge, Trish Stratus, and so many other um, people as well. So according to Fightful Select, um, WWE representatives contacted AEW President Tony Khan to receive clearance for Jericho, um, Brian, and Big Show to send in videos and Khan approved them all. Fightful added that WWE was able to get videos from virtually everyone they hoped to for the Cena tribute. Jericho, Brian, and The Big Show are all former WWE superstars who worked extensively with John Cena, so it made sense that WWE would want to get comments from them. So it was really great. You also had congratulations from um, Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Kurt Angle. So it was really, really a nice tribute that happened you know for John Cena and I'll talk more about that and what I liked in wrestling this week but it was a really nice nicely done tribute you know and and I'm glad that they were able to sort of put their stuff aside with the whole with AEW and WWE stuff to send congratulations to this man who they did work with so it was really nice and it was a nice touch so I'm glad that Tony Khan you know gave his approval and let that happen 
also in the news um we have um the report of when wwe knew that rhea ripley would miss money in the bank so WWE announced last week that Rhea Ripley would miss her Raw Women's Championship match against Bianca Belair um, at Money in the Bank, but they knew well before then that she would be unable to compete. Again, according to Fightful Select, um, Joshua Jones of Ringside News, WWE knew as much as a week ahead of the announcement that Ripley would not be medically cleared in time for the pay-per-view. Um, three weeks ago, if you remember on Raw, Rhea Ripley won a fatal four-way match to become the number one contender for the Raw Women's title um, and earn a match against Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. And the following week, Rhea and her Judgment Day stablemates cut a promo with the Nightmare vowing to take the championship from Belair. But then Bianca broke the news last a few weeks ago saying that Ripley would not be able to compete, which led to another fatal five-way match to determine her new opponent, which would be, of course, Carmella, um, who is set to face off against her um, tonight um, at Money in the Bank for the title. Um, And they haven't really indicated what was wrong with Ripley, but she divulged in an Instagram comment that she is dealing with brain and teeth issues. And um, it's expected that maybe she'll be back fairly soon. So I'm wishing Rhea Ripley a healthy recovery. I don't know, whatever it is, whether it be teeth, brain, or anything else, I hope, you know, your head and your teeth are healed so you can come back to the ring and, you know, raise hell with your Judgment Day buddies. Even though I'm mad at y'all for doing Edge like y'all did Edge, but you know, it's okay. It's whatever. That's the game plan. Um, Also in the news, we have um, the original debut plans of Claudio Castagnoli, Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he's he was formerly Cesaro in WWE. So of course, one of the biggest moments from Sunday's Forbidden North pay-per-view um, was belonged to a debuting Claudio of debuting Claudio, who replaced Brian Danielson in his match against Zack Sabre Jr. Um, Danielson said on Wednesday's Dynamite episode that Claudio was his hand-picked replacement which Tony Khan revealed was actually the truth although Khan had already locked in um Claudio to a contract beforehand um Tony Khan revealed that he was origin that Claudio was originally tapped to debut at July 23rd's Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view um which had Danielson had Danielson been able to return from injury in time for Forbidden Door but that didn't happen so now you have the other one um the at Forbidden Door so I think he Tony Khan quoted as to say I figured there was a chance that if Brian made it back there was a good chance that he would have started at Death Before Dishonor and it would have been a great moment there as long as Brian is okay that's the most important thing I think he will be fine it was great to have a great moment here at Forbidden Door. Things worked out perfectly. I talked to Brian on the phone last weekend. This is still Tony Khan speaking. And he told me that he wasn't feeling 100%. As soon as he said that, I said, we're eight days from the pay-per-view. If you're not feeling 100% today, don't even think about wrestling on the pay-per-view. Don't even think about wrestling at Blood and Guts. He mentioned Claudio and I said, that's funny. I have Claudio under contract and he hadn't told anybody. So, yeah, it would have been a nice moment for him. But at the same time, bringing him back at Forbidden Door was still pretty cool in and of itself. And I hope and I wish nothing but good things for Claudio and his career in AEW. He did all kinds of great things in WWE, um, except win the Universal or World WWE Championship. 
I hate that but um I hate that but other than that um Claudio did really great things in that and in Ring of Honor and stuff so I guess the same could be assumed for AEW so I think that's gonna be good so congratulations to Claudio regardless and finally in the news we have Jeff Jarrett who spoke on the current state of Impact Wrestling um he has um, he's had his say on the longevity of the promotion that began operations over 20 years ago. Um, of course, you know, Impact Wrestling has been celebrating their 20th anniversary and they celebrated it even more on June the 19th with the annual Slammiversary pay-per-view, which took place at the Asylum, which is better known as the Nashville Fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. And it's the same venue that the company filmed a plethora of shows during its inaugural year as a promotion. And of course, a handful of former talent appeared on the broadcast, which included videos from Kurt Anglesting and AJ Styles, who is currently contracted to WWE. And he even thanked WWE for um, allowing him to do that because Impact Wrestling meant the world to him, you know, during his rise as a star. Now, Jarrett said on his interview with um, Corey Graves and Vic Joseph on After the Bell, as an entity, Ted Turner's WCW didn't last 20 years, but also think about the trajectory of um, Impact Wrestling. It's no secret there's been a lot of ups and there were some downs and a, quite a few downs, but it's still rocking and rolling and creating content. To ha so hats off to that group in so many ways. And it's really funny when you sit up and really think about impact and how long it has lasted even with its ups and downs and it moving from channel to channel and broadcasting service to broadcasting service and lots of ups and downs when it came to wrestlers and contracts and various things like that but it is very much still alive and it is still giving some of the best wrestling especially the best women's wrestling I have ever seen in my life um and I'm glad that they're still alive and kicking you know enough to give it um a fighting chance as another promotion outside of the big um wwe and big aew to a degree like i'm really glad that impact wrestling still exists because there's a lot of history you know that's tied into impact wrestling that a lot of people don't give impact a lot of credit for so i believe this is a great year to sort of celebrate and look back on all the moments that impact wrestling has given us as a whole and to celebrate it as a part of wrestling history so i'm glad jeff jarrett actually used his platform to say that on after the bell um so yeah like it's really cool and yeah that's all <laughs> for news and gossipish and now we're going to talk about the hardy wrestling podcast at 100 episodes and give a little bit of a celebration um of where the show has been and where I hope it continues to go. All right, so this is HWP 100, a celebration. Oh my God, you guys, 100 episodes. 100 like what <laughs> um I was just sitting here thinking about it and even this week you know I've been thinking about it as well and I went back um and listened to the very first episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and the first episode was about maybe 32 minutes long and I just remember back then 
feeling so nervous you know asking myself if I really wanted to do this because I mean at the time I knew I had so much stuff to say about wrestling and I knew that there was so much I wanted to say and give at that point but I just didn't know if I was number one good enough to say it number two if anyone would actually listen to me and number three if I could do it but I just said you know what Stephanie you ain't got nothing else to do at this point you don't have a job at this point for the Royal Rumble just happened everything is going on let's just try and my god I'm so happy I tried <laughs> I'm so happy that I actually went for it and tried I remember listening to the first episode and my voice was was gone because it was the winter and I was sick um not of course not with COVID because that was before COVID really popped off in the United States like it did um and I just didn't really have a lot to do but I do know creatively I'm I'm a very creative person creatively there was still so much I had and I was just like you know well let me just start this podcast in and I'm so happy I did so I really did sound nervous I was just saying a lot of ums I was <laughs> I was just talking about you know what I liked and what I didn't like and the Royal Rumble had just happened um NXT was popping off you know black and gold NXT was continuing to pop off the way that it was and everything like there was just so much happening but yet and still I was trying to figure out my place in it and so that's basically what it was like it was crazy and of course as I continued to record the podcast this is where COVID started to play into it and then I also finally found a job but I also had to balance watching wrestling but it really wasn't that much of a balance in my life because I was watching wrestling on the regular anyway and everything had changed sports had changed sports got canceled like I was wondering how WWE or how any other wrestling shows were even going to go at that point like COVID took over we were all scared and then WWE announced they were going to continue going on with wrestling shows just without an audience and a lot of people were trying to like contemplate whether or not they were going to keep watching it because it was going to be so different but I think I had made up in my mind like look if I don't have anything else to do when I get home I'm gonna watch wrestling like that's just something that's just been a part of my DNA since I was four so I'm just gonna keep watching wrestling and I'm so glad that WWE um and later AEW found a way to keep wrestling going even with a smaller audience or without an audience at all they were in their creative bags and with them being in their creative bags it gave me more to work with it gave me stuff to talk about and because their passion for wrestling was evident in the way that they kept going it fed my passion as well so there was still so much I had to do so much to um talk about just so much to do like I was just so excited and as I kept releasing stuff and as I kept you know recording episodes and everything I just wanted to just keep doing it and I just found my footing I found my voice 
I was able to plan out, you know, more of how the episode was going to be from a structural standpoint. Because at first, I was just getting on there and just talking on the first episode. Like, by at least the second or third episode, like, I planned out news. I planned out um, story time um, where I would talk about various stories from my wrestling fan experiences and wrestling in my life or whatever. And then I would also talk about... Um, Re and give recaps of wrestling shows um, from Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, and then later from AEW and also from Impact as well. So gradually, you know, changes were starting to be made. I remember how I called the podcast Hardy Wrestling with Stephanie Hardy because um, I was afraid that nobody would know my name or nobody would really get it at first. And the title was really long. Um, and then there would be times where I would even still call um, HWP the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So eventually I did decide to change the name to just the Hardy Wrestling Podcast because it's just quicker to say. Um, and hopefully, you know, if you've been paying attention to the show, you'll know that my name is Stephanie whatever. So <laughs> that's pretty much it with that. And I didn't know this at the time, but independent wrestling really was at a standstill. And I figured this out, you know, from the interviews that I was able to have with people like Prince Adonis and um, JT Funk in the very beginning. Like, those were the first two wrestlers I believe I ever interviewed. And they were telling me how it was, you know, with the pandemic and how they were sort of depending upon um, working a part of their regular jobs while also selling merchandise in order to keep them afloat during the pandemic and hearing stories even even after them and talking about the pandemic and everything and how it affected their business like it's amazing how so many independent wrestlers were able to continue their training or in some ways or continue you know honing their craft and promos and promos and doing their camera work and everything and still being able to do stuff like that while everything was shut down like those were the type of stories as I started interviewing people that really got to me and really inspired me because wrestling is, is these people's livelihoods in, in a lot of cases. You know, they really do this because they love it. So I can't even imagine what it was like, you know, to be in the indies, you know, and that's your bread and butter. And then all of a sudden your bread and butter is taken away. Like, how do you eat? Like, it's crazy. Um, but I'm just so happy that I was able to hear those types of stories. And then of course during the pandemic there was all kinds of releases WWE was doing and that started making people feel really bad and really angry and isolated online and that was a bit much uh excuse me a lot of the time it was really a bit much but either way those people wound up finding themselves and doing the best that they could with that so it was still really hard to hear when the only thing you can really focus on during the pandemic was what was going on on social media as opposed to what's going on in your real life. Um, it was just a hard, crazy time for wrestling. But in the midst of that, everything that was going on in my life, it's just when people started seeing that I created, you know, a social media presence, a little bit of a social media presence than I had been before. I began to be to get invited um, to streaming parties that people would have um, when it came to wrestling and when it came to watching, you know, after shows or doing or like we would stream pay-per-views and stuff like that and then watch it with other people. 
like I loved being able to do stuff like that even like with blurred over like or have interviews um with Jared Hicks who had a who had one at one point and I believe O-Face Wrestling I'm not sure if he's still um podcasting at this point but I was able to be on a streaming party with him and also with those wrestling girls like doing stuff like that really did you know give me life and also being on Inside the Roast with Tyron um Asbury and creating a family my first wrestling podcasting family with him with Derek Gamble with Rob Williams um who I had on the show very recently with Bob Culture and Miranda Morales who is just a woman who I love and admire so very much um they were my first wrestling podcasting family and whenever I had a question about getting guests on the show or trying a new thing with my podcast I would always ask them first and well I would ask my boyfriend then I would ask them first um and then they would give me all kinds of advice and tidbits and encouragement you know in times where I felt like I wanted to just give up um but they really were you know encouraging they were the first people who bought the very first t-shirt I made for my podcast the chill positive and passionate shirt with the logo that wasn't even official yet but it was still it still had my name on it like they were my first wrestling podcasting family and I'm so grateful to them for giving me all the love that they gave me in the beginning and for continuing to support me even now and seeing them grow you know has been a beautiful thing as well and I just I love and appreciate them for that like I'm just so happy that they were my first podcasting family that I got to do stuff with and participate with and the first people who were able to big me up at first um I'm just so glad and I'm also grateful for my church members who listen to my podcast as well um before the pandemic happened and you know everything shut down including church I'm so grateful for them because um it's so funny that a part of the reason why I tried my best not to say really bad words on here a lot of the time was because I had church members listening to the podcast and I didn't want them to see me as, you know, some crazy heathen, you know, who who curses like a sailor and stuff like that. But then it's like when I get in front of church people, it's like I'm a whole different person. Like I tried my best not to do that, but then there's sometimes it just comes out, you know, and it's just I just try my best not to, you know, I just try my best not to do that but you know it's just I'm just really grateful for uh, Miss Dawn and for Demarcus for supporting the show and also for Pastor Mike and his kids who tried to who who I tried to get as guests on my show but then Zoom was acting up and it was just stupid but thank you to you guys as well. So in this celebration, I'm also glad to say that I've been able to use my platform to speak up on behalf of women's wrestling, its value, and um, and also speaking up on behalf of women using their voices to make wrestling a safe space for women as well. Um, I know like the first thing I really thought of when it came to speaking up for the value of women's wrestling was when Mickey James, um, someone who I've had the pleasure of meeting twice um it was reported that when she got released from wwe um they gave her her stuff back in her trash bag number one and then number two there was someone backstage um when she advocated for another all-female show the person a male backstage told her that women's wrestling does not sell 
And I remember that pissed all of us off. <laughs> like that made everyone angry. And I just knew that from my heart and from my soul, like I wanted to speak up for women's wrestling and talk about the value of what it was and speaking about um, events like Evolution, which from my recollection or from my understanding did sell out um, in New Jersey or New York um, in that area. And then also when you have the success of NWA Empower, which um, Mickey James produced herself, um, it's just that the value of women's wrestling is absolutely high. Like you can't put a price on it, especially now. Um, we live in a country where women's rights are under are under attack. And it's like when we see women dominating in certain spaces, there are people in power um, who are intimidated by that. But the thing is, we can't let that, you know, stop us and let that get in the way of us. So when it comes down to it, women's wrestling deserves to thrive as much as men's wrestling does. And there are still major shows that still have like maybe one wrestling match um, involving the women that's less than 10 minutes. But then you have so many other so many other matches in that one card for that company that'll last more than 10 minutes or more than 15 minutes. So there's still work to be done in terms of women's wrestling. And I'm glad that my platform, you know, I've used my platform to discuss that and talk about that, you know, in a way that's healthy while also understanding um, that something needs to be done and improvements need to be made and that women's wrestling and women in wrestling deserve to have a safe space because especially with the speaking out movement that took place I was glad I was able to speak to that too because women getting harassed in the workplace when all they want to do is do their job and wrestle um, was just hearing those stories man it was really hard um, but I am glad that the people who spoke out on those issues um, had the strength to do it and actually, you know, wanted to, you know, tip the scales in terms of safe spaces for women in wrestling. And I'm so glad um, that conversations like that happened and I was able to do that. And I'm also glad that I was also happy to do my highlights for Black History Month for the first time last year and also for Women's History Month. That was really fun and those had lots of good interactions as well. So much so to the point to when I did Teddy Long, you know, he saw the stuff that I was doing and he wanted to actually be on my show, which was surprising as heck to me. Um, and also the fact that, you know, he said he rarely does podcasts because sometimes whenever people do interviews with him they try to flip something you know to mean something negative and but the fact that he noticed that we were both from Birmingham Alabama like that was really what did it for him and I you know assured him that I wasn't you know seeking to you know benefit from this in us in a ugly way I told him like look I just want you on my show because you're an icon you're a legend I just want you on my show and he was able to see that and he actually said yes and we did it via zoom and if you look on YouTube that was in the beginning of my video interview stages because the camera from zoom and the camera from zoom had me and him going back and forth and back and forth within the conversation <laughs> but either way I'm glad it happened regardless of the technological issues that well not the issues but just the stuff that zoom had going on back then like I'm just glad we were able to make it happen um and I was honored to have a guest like him on my show because you know holla holla I mean Jesus Christ 
that's the dude like he was that guy that was putting all of our faves against the undertaker as punishment he was the guy who loved having you know six-man tag team matches but he's also an accomplished referee and accomplished manager like he's just done all these things and i was just so happy to have him on there even in you know at the beginning and i'm happy to have had as many interviews as i've had um my very first guest was ramsey williams because he was starting his podcasting journey and I knew he was a fan uh, he was a big wrestling fan and then he said as as soon as I started my podcast he was like look I want to be a guest <laughs> he said I want to be a guest and I was like okay so I took his excitement you know to heart and I was like okay fine so I made him a guest and we did the audio thing like that anchor allows you to do and we were having an interview on speakerphone and I'm so grateful, you know, that he was my, you know, very first guest. And then, like I mentioned earlier, you had JT Funk, who's a wrestler from up north. I was happy to have him on there and actually purchase my first piece of independent wrestling merchandise from him. He was selling masks with his name on it. Like, I was so glad to, you know, do that for him and actually watch his matches. Like, because that's something I try to do is like whenever I have an a wrestler on um I try to go back and watch matches that they've done you know on YouTube and that became my very best friend because I love doing it and just watching the things that these people do on the independence doing this podcast has opened my mind and opened my heart to the independence because at first I wasn't exposed to the independence the most I was ever exposed to was when CM Punk mentioned ring of honor and when he mentioned new japan pro wrestling you know during his pipe bomb that was the most i had ever heard of the independence in my lifetime and that was in 2011 so and even after that point i never really sought those out because after that i had to go to college and i got busy and stuff but the independence is a very real thing and it's thriving and it's beautiful and i'm so glad that having interviews with people like JT Funk and like so many others that I've had you know conversations with like I've found I found and learned so much about the independent scene and actually become a part of it now and then like I mentioned earlier Jared Hicks was an earlier guest and I was happy to have him my boyfriend was a guest on the 20th episode I tried talking to him immediately about being a guest when I started it but he was like nah like let me let me crawl before I can walk let put in a few more episodes first and then we'll do it my boyfriend's an introvert um shout out to him but um when I was able to finally have him on it was still very good so that was cool and then just the just just the people I've had on my show like I just want to be I just want to mention their names and still be just to mention the fact that I'm grateful for them. Like big smooth, like he's from Fairfield. Like he's from where I'm from in Fairfield, Alabama. So having him on the show meant a lot. And he was the champion of Spartan wrestling at the time. Like having him on meant a lot. Promise Braxton, who's my, who was my very first female guest from reality of wrestling. And she's been a former, she's been a diamonds champion as well. Like, and she's been featured on AEW dark, like having her on my show meant the world to me and hopefully I can have her back. Like photographer, Mark Torres, who takes all those beautiful pictures on Instagram of the stars, like having him on there, like that was an honor as well. Um, and even having Thunder Rosa, who's like the AEW women's world champion now and the founder of mission pro wrestling like having her on there meant the world to me because I knew I was just starting and just having someone you know 
like her who who had been on television before and just who had won multiple titles before and even doing it you know via audio <laughs> um and not even on video like that meant the world to me that she actually you know did that I'm so grateful to her for doing that for me like I kid you not when I got the interview with her and finished it the next day I went to work and cried about it like it just meant the world to me to for someone like her and for someone like Teddy Long to come on my show like they don't have to do this <laughs> especially with me just starting and everything and I was just so grateful to everything that she was saying about women's wrestling and wanting it to grow and her journey you know um and all of the above like I just loved it I was just so grateful and having people who are commentators and ring announcers like Devin Christensen on my show having the entirety of the Jobber Tears podcast on my show for Black History Month having all three of them as guests you know week after week after week um meant the world to me you know as well and just having their support and their love like Janelle from HR is the reason why I was able to survive New York this past time I don't want to say survive like I almost died a couple times because I didn't but just how I was able to get around and you know know my way around like that was all Janelle like most of that was all Janelle from the HR and I'm just so grateful from her for her and I'm grateful for Sir Wilkins for you know taking up for me whenever I get whenever there was that one point where I got disrespected on Facebook like him clapping back and just his energy you know his energy and his charisma gives me energy and charisma and then also his brother Mr. Black like his you know energy gives me energy as well so I'm just grateful for them and grateful that I was able to have them on my show I'm grateful for people like Miranda Morales who's been on my show twice now for Duncan Solaire who I had to make stuff work with because he's out in, in um in Asia wrestling like I had to figure that out but I was still able to and just us working together in that way like that is great and he's still a supporter and a friend of the pod like Oh my God, like I'm really grateful for John Averson, you know, who came on the show as well. And he um, is a graduate of, Al if not a graduate of Alabama State, he went to Alabama State University. I'm grateful for him coming on this show. Um, Casey Dillon, who gave me my first wrestling job uh, with the Belladonna division as a commentator from just listening to a few seconds of my podcast. She didn't have to do that, but she did. And I'm grateful for her. Um, and Veronica Fairchild. Like these are icons in independent wrestling and they gave me a chance to commentate for their for their new baby. Like I just can't even begin to tell you what that means to me like on a deep level and now you can find all of our matches on fight tv and even making it on fight tv with women's wrestling talk and that one interview i did with um ivalice who i've actually been proud to call action for with belladonna like that was just crazy and i'm just so happy you know to have had that and humble to have had those you know opportunities from podcasting and I want to thank Brittany Blake. I want to thank The Woad, Valentina Loca, um, the Curtain Call guys, the guys who recorded the Curtain Call, um, Manny and, and Jason, you know, shout out to them. Thank them for coming on my show. Jen from Miss Thickums TTV, who always makes amazing work via Twitch and also on TikTok. Thank you. Um, I love do stitching your videos on TikTok. I love it so much. It's so fun. Um, and... I thank TK Trinidad who gave me my opportunity 
who gave me my opportunity to work with women's wrestling talk and the way that she was able to trust me the way that she's been able to trust me with writing articles and hosting her shows um with the greatest team in women's wrestling media like I'm just so grateful for everything that she has allowed me to do for her even letting me interview wrestlers on the media on the media carpet for NWA weekend in St. Louis like she didn't have to let me do that she believes in me in a way that means a lot to me and there's just so much I could say about her and the way she's been there for me in these past couple of months with everything that was going on with my mom and stuff like she's been there for me um in a very deep way that I'll always appreciate and love her for and I'm grateful for um just everything she's done I'm grateful for Phil Lindsay who's articles I love reading on um Bleacher Report and just seeing everything he's doing with Grapsity like he's just been doing such great stuff and I'm so happy I was able to have him on my show um even though we had different opinions about things I still you know I still definitely respect him as someone who supports me um and I support him because he does such amazing work and he's such a great advocate for women's wrestling you know and wrestling as a whole like I'm so grateful you know for him I'm grateful for Kaylina Keen, you know, who, um, when I first met her for Belladonna for my first show, um, for commentating, she was do she had only started wrestling maybe a few weeks ago or not started wrestling or started training or started wrestling on the road a few weeks ago at that point. Like those are the stories that I live for. <laughs> like that, like that's just amazing. Like wrestling is just this amazing thing that just brings all kinds of people together for stuff like this. And I'm grateful for Amber Nova and her career and everything she offered you know the show and telling us about her um her mechanics career as well as being a wrestler like that's amazing and Amber Rodriguez who is just that girl oh my god I love her I love her and I'm grateful for Brian H Waters from the wrestling realm who's our publicist and who also does everything in wrestling too from Baltimore and everything like sir like do you ever sleep I'm grateful for you um <laughs> I'm grateful for Josiah Williams who came on my show as an amazing guest I'm so happy for him and his success you know with Disney and stuff even though he doesn't work for WWE anymore I wish he did but the work he did for WWE still you know reverberates and, and speaks volumes to people and I'm even more grateful that he recorded my theme song because that theme song really you know adds to the vibe of the podcast as a whole and I'm glad that you put so many personal touches you know to the song to to me and the show in the theme song and I'm just so grateful for him and his version of Cameron Grimes' money theme song for NXT is the better version and y'all need to put it back, but whatever. Um, <laughs> put that thing back where it came from or so help me, dang it. Um, I'm grateful for Shalance Royal, you know, who was somebody I connected with like off the jump in the locker room at Belladonna. I'm grateful for her and I love watching her grow. And I love how she and I have so many parallels in life. The fact that we both are classically trained singers and she, you know, adds that element you know to her gimmick and that's a that's pretty star making for me it's like she should be on tv more and i want to see more of that you know from her and i'm so grateful i'm grateful to scarlett harris the author um who wrote a diva is a female version of a wrestler like i'm grateful for her like that was just great and she continues to support me 
and everything you know I'm doing I'm grateful for her I'm grateful for ringside rain cruise oh my god like her winning the SummerSlam announcer contest you know and everything and her journey and the fact that Big E and Corbin you know gave her good um good you know feedback and then her sitting next to Beth Phoenix during Edge's match and like that was so cool and hearing those stories like that you know as her being from the Philippines and stuff like hearing stuff like that was just amazing and I'm grateful for 2D Lynn who you know turned it out in NWA Empower and proceeded to give you know Chelsea Green a run for her money for the um women's tournament cup that she almost won like her being from St. Louis and also her mama for supporting me too like that was lit I love that like I just love Tootie Lynn and I just love seeing her grow and win all these titles and stuff like the little blue dragon you know is fierce y'all and I'm grateful for Jay Lee um who comes to Belladonna a lot of the time and I'm grateful for Turbo Floyd <laughs> who's a part of a tag team called the Outrunners um with Truth Magnum I'm so grateful for th for them for coming on my show and for Cassandra Golden um Belladonna's first forbidden elegance champion like just seeing her do her thing which is really inspiring like and I'm really even more grateful I'm even more grateful for Aubrey Edwards for coming on my show too like she's an AEW referee and she came on my show um during the time of which you know my mom was in the hospital and I was just like so I'm going to push through and try to do this interview as best as I can. And after that, I just decided to take a break after that point. But I'm so glad she was able to come on my show. And, you know, we had such a good time with each other. And when we met, she gave me the biggest hug like she said she would. And, um... And we just connected and we just had such a great time. And I loved watching her teach about refereeing and stuff at the seminar before our show. Like that was just really good stuff. I love that. And I'm really grateful for the politician Dexter Roswell and Logan Roswell being the first LGBTQIA plus couple to come on my wrestling couple at that to come on my show. That was really great. And we definitely connected as well because I believe Logan, either Logan or Dexter, I believe, or I believe it was Logan said he was at Empower. And I noticed his t-shirt because I have the same t-shirt and I was just like, oh my God, were you there? And he was just like, yeah. And we talked about it and then we were able to get on the show and everything like that was an amazing experience. And I wish them all the best in their love. And considering Logan is also training to be a wrestler too, like I'm really interested in seeing how that goes and I'm really happy about it. And they also supported me during a dark time in my life too. Um, but I really, you know, am grateful for them. I'm grateful for Jordan McClain. I am grateful for Jordan McClain because we are both from Alabama. Except he lives in Huntsville though. I live in Birmingham slash Fairfield and he has supported me and went up for me so many times. And I've done the same for him for his one fall podcast and for him starting his own promotion, our culture pro wrestling. I'm so proud of him. And I wish I could have gone to his show, but I couldn't because I was in New York. And, but he just told me, look, I know you will want to be here for me, but you just go up. <laughs> you go up to New York and represent Birmingham, Alabama. You represent Alabama regardless. So, and I was just like, okay. And that just made me, you know, feel so good about you know what we both do in our careers like I'm so grateful for him and his love like oh my god I'm grateful and then I'm grateful for um Gia Miller from Impact Wrestling coming on my show like it was kind of difficult but at the same time we were still able you know to work it out and 
I'm so glad she was able to come on and give her wrestling journey and her ties to Alabama as well, going to um, the University of Alabama and Tuscaloosa and stuff and just her journey. Like that was really good too. And Victor Perry, who's raising money for these kids in his wrestling club to go to WrestleMania next year. Look, if you find Victor Perry at Wallflower Perry on social media everywhere, donate to his fund to get these kids to wrestlemania because those kids deserve all of that they deserve to go to wrestlemania next year they deserve to go to california because of the fact that these kids are also not only are they working hard in school and probably and trying to get good grades and stuff like that but they are in this wrestling club in a safe space for them they've met sasha banks and stuff and on top of that they're cutting promos every week you know with their title belts and everything with their camera phones and whatnot they are cutting promos that are almost on the level of people who are just starting an nxt or whatever and they have all this passion and love inside of them for wrestling donate to his fund help these kids go to wrestlemania please because they deserve it they deserve this moment for them like they deserve it and victor perry the work that he's doing with those kids is a godsend like and then even him and his music career is is taking off. But really what he's doing with those children and giving them a safe space to love wrestling and watch wrestling the way that they do in public school, which can be hard at times. And I can only imagine how hard it is now. Oh, my God. Yes, please support them and support him. And I'm grateful for Alex Lajas, Queen of the Ring, for coming on my show um, from Complex Unsanctioned, Queen of Joshi. I'm real Church of Joshi, my bad. But... I'm grateful for her and all of the and all of her stories and what she represents. I'm grateful for Lo from Wrestling Wind Down. I'm grateful for Cresta Star and for Sahara Seven for coming on my show too. They were really great guests. And they like I've had so many guests so far. And I can only hope that, you know, I can have more guests as it turns as we go into the next 100 episodes depending on what happens in my life from now on um <laughs> but I hope to continue to have amazing guests um and I'm really grateful I feel like I keep saying that word a lot of the time but I really am grateful though um I'm grateful for being being able to record on my phone but I'm also grateful for not only just being able to record on my phone, but for having bought a podcast microphone from Barnes and Noble and plugging it into my computer and recording stuff there. I'm grateful for being able to do some of my interviews on video on StreamYard now when once upon a time I was struggling with using Zoom and their whole, you know, free thing, but you could only have so much storage. I'm grateful. And even from going from zoom even back to when i was just doing recordings for interviews via anchor using like a link to send to people via messenger or something like that in the dms like this has really been an evolution like going from that to zoom to Streamyard now like that means the world to me because people can actually see more of my face it's like you can see you can hear my voice sure but now people actually know what I look like <laughs> and that makes me feel so glad that people are actually open to that and seeing the face that matches the voice and hopefully I guess hopefully my face is pleasant for you guys to look at but if not then you're here now so whatever um 
<laughs> like I'm grateful to have a ring light on my desk like that my boyfriend bought me for Christmas and I'm grateful that that ring light was able to be put together um put back together again by Keith Mack thank you for fixing it in New York because child the struggle bus um I'm grateful for Miss Demetria who I go to church with um for making my first podcast t-shirts I'm really with her company restoration tees I'm really grateful for that and I'm also grateful that I now have merchandise on tpublic tpublic.com slash hwp store buy some hardy wrestling podcast merchandise I have t-shirts I have tank tops I have mugs I have notebooks I have pillows so if you're a fan of the podcast please buy the merchandise and if you buy the merchandise um take pictures with it you know like show me that you love the hardy wrestle podcast and tag and tag me in it and stuff like that everywhere because this merchandise is good stuff and you can get it in multiple colors too you don't just have to get it in black because i know wrestling t-shirts love to be in black but with t public you can get it in every color except white because the letters of the podcast logo are white so don't do that to yourself my dad did it and it was a mistake you can barely see the you can't see the word podcast because he ordered the white shirt don't get it in white but get it in every other color but except white but either way go to tpublic.com slash hwp store or just type in hardy wrestling podcast you'll find it um i'm grateful for um anchors logos because they let you start like with like a base level logo and I really did have like two or three base level logos with flowers and stuff like that until I was finally able to get a beautiful working like logo from Clement Wong like thank you Clement for get for crafting a beautiful logo with me that I'm so proud of having and so proud of looking at like on a tapestry my logo looks like a million bucks and it works for conventions and stuff like that like I love it it is so beautiful and I'm so grateful for that logo um and I'm happy that even in my evolution I've been able to participate in conventions like from comic-con um which was mainly an anime convention but it's a convention really for everything I'm really grateful that I was able to participate that this this past February and ask a question of um Sammy Guevara who was TNT champion at the time and Ty Conti and um I'm grateful that I was able to see a wrestling match in a convention as well with New Era South Wrestling like that was cool or new yeah New Era South Wrestling that was amazing um and I'm grateful for Cinnamon and her husband Salvador my best friend and her husband for helping me you know that weekend because that weekend felt like a work shift because it was three days and not just two but I'm still grateful for it either way because it was a great experience I was able to learn um and network with people and um do interviews with people who love wrestling and and do my first ever sit downs at conventions about wrestling and stuff like that was cool um and I'm really grateful to Blurred Sunbay and every and every person who sat down with me and did interviews. Those are up on YouTube. Please check those out if you haven't already. Um, and it was just a great time that weekend. It really was. And I'm 
And I'm grateful for my time at Alabama Comic Con, which I did talk about on an earlier episode where I met all the kids, took pictures with the children with my title belt, and of course, met Trish, Lita, and Mickey James again. And of course, sat on the stage and asked them that one question, and they asked the question of me and let me sit with them the whole time. Beautiful moment in my life. It made me very emotional, made me emotional afterward, made me emotional at Black Russell Fest. Had me crying in front of these people that I just met that day. <laughs> but it's okay though. Every time I see Trish, anything with Trish, Lita, or Mickey in it, it just hits different every time now because they gave me so much love and encouragement. So I'm appreciative of that. And I love being at Black Russell Fest. Like being at conventions is really fun and hopefully I can do more of them. You know, once transportation, you know, gives me the ability to do so but I love doing conventions and I love networking with people and talking to wrestling fans and all of the above so I love that and I'm really grateful for my women's wrestling talk family and finding comfort in practicing you know my hosting craft and also learning more about news um news stuff from someone who has news background in TK and also learning more about interviews and putting myself out there from Emily May um, I'm so grateful to those two because they really have helped me learn so much about writing, so much about different things. I'm just so grateful. Um, I'm just really grateful for everything that I've learned, you know, in journalism from them. And I'm grateful for learning how to read a teleprompter. <laughs> I'm grateful for outlining news stories, grateful for writing articles for a website because I wrote my top five Stephanie McMahon article and every time something happens with Stephanie McMahon, I post it everywhere so if y'all can read it. Because it's cool, you know, please do read it. And I'm getting ready to write some more as well. So please be on the lookout for that. I'm so excited. Because I love to write. Um, like, I really do love to write. So it's just like, anytime I get to write about wrestling or write about you know different moments or give appreciation to people who I feel like don't get enough credit I just love doing it so I'm really grateful for that and I'm also grateful for my hosts um who are a part of it as well I'm grateful for Ella J who I went up for and went to battle for when Tony Khan decided he wanted to act up in that media call um I'm grateful for Ella J I'm grateful for Samira and everything that she does in wrestling she inspires me all the time and I love her style like oh my god she dresses like she's amazing um I'm grateful for Drian Santana my San I love her my Smackdown and Rampage Co's I love her so much um and I appreciate her encouragement as well I'm grateful for Katrina Blake who helped me um find a place to eat for breakfast <laughs> um when I was in New York and I'm also grateful for her um, being my NXT 2.0 NXT UK host and just seeing everything she's doing from backstage interviewing to the interviews and live streams that she does on her own channel in Cat We Trust. I'm just really grateful to watch these people rise, you know, in their gifts. And it's just so amazing. And then watching her do this while also being a mother to three children, three beautiful children who all look like her, like... I just can't I just she's just so amazing to me like how she just makes that happen um she makes all of it happen and I'm just so grateful for her um and also her boyfriend Max too because he was really nice in New York too I'm grateful for him 
and he pushed me you know he he gave me the wherewithal to actually talk to Trisha Dora when she came into Black Russell Fest too like Jesus Christ I was so nervous um <laughs> and I'm grateful for Nikki Bougie who gives me so much life and makes me laugh every time we're on a stream together um and I just love her honesty and I love her passion for impact wrestling um as well as a Tennessean and I just love um just everything she has to say like I could just listen to her talk like all day I really can like I can listen to Nikki talk all day um she just gives me energy and she just gives me life and I just love her um and I appreciate her love I love Alicia from kayfabe queens and I love and I definitely love Emily May like I mentioned earlier and I'm grateful that I learned so much from my NWA Empower experience where I interviewed so many women like Melina, like Jazz, like Mickey James, like Awesome Kong, like the Hex, who were the NWA Women's World Tag Team champions at the time. And they held on to those belts for a long time. Like they really did. Like I was grateful for talking to them. I was grateful for, you know, my interview with Deanna Perazzo, even though I messed up during that point. But she was still good about it or whatever. But either way. I'm still grateful for that. And I was grateful for interviewing Genocide and Tootie Lynn and Masha Slamovich, who's a coach and a wrestler for Impact Wrestling at this point. Like, they're all those women were amazing and they let me talk to them. And I'm so glad that they did. Um, and also Brodus Clay, he talked to me too. But I'm just so grateful that they let me talk to them. And it was just, you know, an amazing experience with NWA Empower. I'm so grateful for that experience because that let me know that there wasn't anything I couldn't do that really let me know that there wasn't anything there isn't anything that I can't do in this business and watching all of those women wrestle in that all-female card gave me the empowerment that I needed you know to move forward you know in this phase of my life like it was just incredible being in that historic ballroom like that breathing that air like that was just amazing um and I just whoo there's just so much man I'm just so grateful that I've been able to meet as many people as I've met I'm grateful for networking and I'm grateful for being on fight tv with the belladonna division commentating for most of their events um and even commentating for battle club pro this past time for their um, Icons Championship match against Big Swole and Jordan Blade. Like, I'm thankful for Joe Keem for letting me have that opportunity and for asking me the way that he did because I couldn't refuse. Um, <laughs> thank you. And I'm just, you know, just grateful for all of the love that was shown to me at Black Russell Fest because that was amazing and I'll never forget it. Um, and I'm also grateful that I've been retweeted by The Rock um, for complimenting his mother. I'm grateful that I've been followed by John Cena on my personal Twitter page and the podcast Twitter page because there's the possibility that he might be listening to me and I hope he is. I hope he likes my show if he is listening to me. But even if not and if he doesn't have time, just know John Cena, I love you and I've loved you since 2002, babe. It's okay. Like there was a point where I thought I was going to marry him, but you know, life happens. He married somebody else. It's okay. I'm going to marry somebody else too. What? But either way, <laughs> thank you for following me. And I'm also grateful for the other, you know, superstars who have followed me and retweeted my work as well. Like, like Aja Smith, who loved the clip that I made for her for, um, for Black History Month or Women's History Month. I believe it was Black History Month. 
um, and for Nikita who loves my work and her mom who loves my work too. Like that, that blew my mind. I was like, your mother, what? Oh, but yeah, thank you. Um, and just so many others who follow me as well. Like, thank you guys. Y'all don't have to follow me, but y'all do. And y'all support me. And I love it. Zelina Vega. This is a Vega podcast. I love Zelina Vega. I love her. And I can't wait for her to come back. Thank you to her. Um, I just, uh, I'm just really grateful for all of it. Um, I'm grateful, um, to, to have highlighted Alabamian wrestlers and I'm thankful. And hopefully I get to do that a whole lot more because there's still so many other ones that I need to do, um, and talk about. Cause I think I stopped that, um, while there was something else going on and I just needed to take a break a bit. Um, and I'm grateful for my social media following and how that's grown. Like I'm grateful for that. And there is still so much to do at this point. Like my podcast has done, I'm so grateful to my higher power for giving me the strength to put my voice out there on a regular basis and talk about the things that I love about wrestling, as opposed to the things that I hate in a negative way. Um, there's so much of that, you know, that permeates the space. And I just want to be a safe space where people can, you know, learn to love and appreciate wrestling for what it does give us and appreciate it for being a soft place to land when real life can just be so messed up and so hard. It's like when stuff goes on and when family stuff happens and, and friend stuff happens and work stuff happens, where do you go to escape? Wrestling. You go to wrestling to escape and that's been my place to escape for a long time. And I just wanted to share that with this space, but I never imagined that all of that me sharing what I loved about wrestling, you know, in my room, in my parents' house would grow to give me so much. And it's just that when you love wrestling and you put so much energy into loving something, that thing has a tendency to love you back a lot of the time. Um, and I know everything hasn't been perfect because you know, there have been opportunities that I've gone for that I haven't necessarily gotten or won or whatever due to other circumstances. But it's still the amount that I've gotten back from wrestling, I wouldn't take back for anything in this world. I wouldn't take it back for anything. The amount of love that I've put into it and the amount of love that it's given back to me, I wouldn't trade for anything. So... I'm grateful that I've gotten to 100 episodes. I'm grateful for the people that I've talked to. I'm grateful for the people who've given me good feedback. Um, I'm grateful for the people who came before me, you know, and set the precedent for what this means. Um, I'm just grateful to all of it. And, but in the midst of that, there's still so much to do. There's still so much to talk about because that's the thing about wrestling. It never ends. <laughs> so with that in mind, I can't wait to give you guys more content. I can't wait to give you guys more interviews. I can't wait to evolve my show technologically so you guys can see more of my face while also seeing what I'm talking about like with pictures and videos and stuff that I learned from women's wrestling talk like there's just so much more that I have to give that I want to give because this is my passion and this is my purpose now like I never dreamed that this could be my purpose but it is and I'm just so grateful for it like I'm so grateful for it. And I never want to forget where I came from. So that's what all of this was for. This is a celebration of where the Hardy Wrestling Podcast has been and where I hope it continues to go, of course, until 
something happens and then there's a there's an opportunity that happens and I might have to stop the show because of it but until then I'm gonna keep doing this because I love it and I hope that you love the Hardy Wrestling Podcast too so here's to 100 episodes of my baby of HWP and I hope that there could be a hundred more thank you for your support and your love right so after all of that sappiness (laughs) all of that love and sappiness I get to talk about what I liked in wrestling this week and hopefully you liked it too and then you can share what you liked in wrestling this week um when I make my posts and stuff of my clips of this episode so starting with Monday Night Raw um I like I loved John Cena's 20th anniversary celebration. Like from the beginning of the episode all the way almost up into the end, it just felt like a celebration of him and all of his accomplishments and his contributions to the WWE as a whole. And it felt like a giant love letter to the man. Like in the beginning, like he walked in and made his entrance and everybody was clapping for him and everything. Everybody was giving him high fives, shaking his hands and everything. And the coolest part about it was R-Truth met his hero finally. (laughs) and he gave he dapped him up and hugged him and everything and I was just like what oh my god that was so sweet and then just seeing John Cena come out in his new gear and everything well not new gear but his new um merchandise or whatever like that was so sweet I thought they were gonna begin the show with him but they didn't but he had his own little thing you know towards like the third hour of the show where he gave his speech talking about you know everything he's done and how grateful he is to the fans for allowing him to succeed like he has and it was just so funny because I was I calculated it and when he debuted in 2002 I was about eight or nine years old when he when he when he really like debuted and now I'm like 28 or 29 28 29 and here he is you know with this amazing career to show for and he's a movie star now like it's crazy when you really think about it and just how he's grown as a wrestler and as and as an actor as well like it was so great and I you know I definitely implore you to watch his speech because it's very it's very sweet and it's very um it's, it's a good retrospective of everything that he's done and then I love all the videos that people sent in um that I talked about earlier in news and gossipish you know sending him congratulations some of his greatest rivals you know sending in videos and stuff like that like that was cool too so congratulations to John Cena and thank you for following me on Twitter like I said earlier <laughs> um but yeah like that was really good and I love how when he made his entrance everybody in the locker room was out and clapping for him and everything and they had all of his logos from all of his colorful t-shirts on the screen and I was just like y'all ain't finna do this to me y'all not finna sit here and make me cry on on a Monday night I'm not finna do it I'm just not but I was very emotional because I'm just like we really watch this man grow like this like it's crazy but congratulations to John Cena he deserves all this love and hopefully he'll be able to fight Austin Theory because Austin Theory was real comfortable getting in his face like that. But hopefully they'll fight at SummerSlam because, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Then I loved um, the Jay Uso Montez Ford match because Jay Uso is a really great wrestler. Like we cannot forget his run as main event Jay. 
um during the height of the pandemic slash thunderdome era we can't forget that at all so him of course we get kind of caught up with him being a part of the bloodline and being the un- part of the undisputed tag team champions with his brother uh, jimmy but he is that guy but then also montez is that guy as well and he was able to show that he is able to you know to carry again in a singles match and i really feel like ultimately you know when it comes down to it montez has what it takes to be the world champion and other people have co-signed with him including bianca belair who's of course his better half but you know like this match really showed and proved that if jay and montez wanted to go solo tomorrow they could so that was a really good match and montez came out with the win so i'm gonna give my predictions you know for the uso and street profits match um later on in this segment but it was a great match and i enjoyed it I also loved how Miz was alluding to the Logan Paul drama because, of course, Logan Paul has now signed with WWE and he has said that he's coming after the Miz. So now the Miz is ready to, you know, make it all about him and beat up Logan Paul. And that's pretty much it. Um, I also loved that the Judgment Day started beef with Ray, Ray and Dominic Mysterio out of nowhere. They were just like, um... They were insinuating that Rey Mysterio should be jealous of the fact that John Cena is getting a celebration for his 20 years in the in the biz, um, but not Rey. But my thing is, Rey's been in the business for more than 20 years, but it's probably like they're probably talking about WWE, but either way, like I'm pretty sure Rey, you know, will be celebrated at some point. I mean, he has a biography coming out too. But at some point, you know, they were just, they were basically just, um, egging him on and then basically saying that he wasn't, that he's just not, you know, good enough and he needs to just sit down or whatever. And Ray and Dominic were not too happy about it. So I pretty, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Finn and Damien are going to be in a tag team program with Ray and Dom. So I'm not necessarily sure how I feel about that yet, but I'm pretty sure you know once i see more of it it'll turn out to be really good so yeah plus i'm still mad at the judgment day for how they did edge but that's another story and of course i loved carmella um and her jumpsuit that she had on when she faced off against bianca belair in their promo oh my god that jumpsuit was amazing and i feel like oh my god it was almost like she got poured into the outfit it was giving sable like i loved it and then her titan tron looked like a music video with her posing in front of a ferrari or no a lamborghini um um posing in front of a lamborghini with money with her beautiful wedding ring on like girl yes mella has it going on and i'm glad that they have this program because Mella was supposed to fight Bianca before Becky inserted her stupid face into the SummerSlam match last year and did that 26 seconds thing on Bianca. So I'm glad that Mella and Bianca get to have this moment, even though, of course, I'm going to give my predictions about that too. But it's kind of safe to assume what's going to happen, you know, to Mella. But I feel like Mella's going to give it a good old try. Um, So that's pretty much everything I liked on Monday Night Raw, um, outside of Cody Rhodes too. He gave his little segment talking about, you know, how he's recovering from his pectoral tear um, that he wrestled through in Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins. So that was interesting. Um, I really do hope he comes back soon because I do miss Cody. But, you know, injuries. I hate him so much. But yeah, we're humans. It's okay. Um, so that's pretty much all I liked for from Monday Night Raw. 
Now, from a as AEW is concerned, I didn't watch Forbidden Door, um, but I did hear all kinds of raving reviews about it and stuff outside of the fact that um the tony match the tony thunder rosa match was relatively shorter in comparison to a lot of the other matches on the card um which is an improvement that they need to make in terms of women's wrestling but you know they they just need to make that better um i like the fact that claudio made his debut um at forbidden door i think it's good for him that he's going to wrestle elsewhere with what with the type of notoriety that he's used to because he deserves it um to a certain degree because he's just he's a fantastic wrestler and he has personality um but that personality tends to show whenever he's with up up down now it never really shows with you know on wrestling programming so I, hopefully he'll be able to show more of his personality there um so yeah i'm happy for claudio um and hopefully i can figure out how to pronounce his last name correctly please forgive me if i pronounce it incorrectly in news and gossipish but yeah your girl can only do so much um i love that thunder rosa is still the champion and i love the gear that she came out with like it just feels like for every championship match she has she has the best gear the best costume and the best face paint that represents mexican culture and i just love it I just absolutely love her love of herself and her culture. I love it. And I'm glad that she's still the champion. Um, and I also liked um, the Acclaims Platinum Max Casters rap mentioning the malice at the palace um, in Detroit last night at Rampage. I thought that was pretty cool. And the fact that he was in, he was supposed to be in the, the Royal Rampage, which had two rings in there, which I thought was really interesting. Um... He was rapping and my thing is, dude, you need to get in the ring before the next person, you know, comes out. But his rap was really good and he really did mention the malice at the palace. So if you are an NBA fan, if you know, you know. Um, so, yeah. And I also love that I love the match between Tony Storm and Nyla Rose because Nyla Rose looked like she was kind of ragdolling Tony Storm for a minute. Like she was running through her. Like, it was crazy. Like, I really liked that match. But then, of course, Tony Storm came out with the win. Um, and then Nyla and Marina Shafir, you know, decided to gang up on her. But then Thunder Rosa came to Tony's defense. And Tony Schiavone called them, called them Thunderstorm. So, basically, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm are going to be Team Thunderstorm, you know, in their tag team match. And I am so grateful for that because that is just the coolest name for a tag team ever their team thunderstorm it's cute i love it so much so yeah tony Schiavone is a goat in this business and he deserves his flowers for that that was really great i know jade bullies him a lot and tells him to cut the ish but that was actually really good <laughs> that was really good okay um so that's really all i liked from aew um but now to go into what i liked from smackdown I loved how on SmackDown they did the Money in the Bank promo on the ladders like they did a long time of like few years back. Um, and of course, I feel like like this promo was really good, except for the fact that Omos wasn't on a ladder because, of course, he's like seven foot tall. So what are you going to do with a man that big on a ladder? Um, and then MVP wasn't on the ladder either. He was just standing outside of the ring being his mouthpiece. And I thought that was awkward. I'm just like, bro, like if you're going to be his mouthpiece, maybe you should have climbed up there. But then again mvp had on a suit so i don't know how well that would have worked out 
But either way, the promos on the the promo, the money in the bank promos on the ladder thing is something they should do more often. And honestly, I wish they had done that with the women too, but then they just decided to put them in a match. Um which I did like um for the most part, so I'm not angry about it. Um and then something else I loved about SmackDown was basically everything that Pat McAfee says or does when it comes to himself or when it comes to Corbin or when it comes to anybody else. The Hardy Wrestling Podcast is now officially the Pat McAfee Appreciation Society because I love everything that man says or does because he is energetic, he is funny, he is entertaining, and he can wrestle too. I feel like one day he might be a champion. He might be a mid-card champion at some point with the way that they keep booking him in matches for like bigger events or whatever. Like Pat McAfee is that guy. And what's so funny is... When Corbin won that good old-fashioned battle royal and he felt like he had wind underneath his sails going into Money in the Bank today, it's like he didn't have, it's like he was feeling so good that he said he was farting rainbows, but yet he couldn't answer Pat McAfee's challenge. But my thing is, it's just like you were barking at him all like for the past two weeks talking about how you don't like the way he commentates and how he need to watch what he say about you. But when Pat McAfee wants to run up and actually wants to fight you and give you a challenge, you want to be quiet. No, don't be quiet. Be as loud as you was with that disrespect and answer his challenge. Be a man. But he don't want to do that. That's too much. But whatever. Um, <laughs> either way, Pat McAfee is that guy. I love him and he just deserves all the love and I need to buy some of his t-shirts because he I just love Pat I love him and I figure if I ever meet him in real life I might just hug him because I just love Pat McAfee so much respect but yes um I'm also on Smackdown they had promos with the they didn't have promos with each other but they had backstage promos with Megan Morant but I am looking forward to Natty McNatters versus Ronda Boo for the SmackDown women's title. I'm looking forward to that because I feel like that match is going to be really good in terms of submissions and stuff. Um, but I'll give my predictions about that later. And I definitely love the promo of Ask Them Anything with Kayla Braxton and the Usos and the Street Profits because they were able to show respect to one another while also disrespecting each other. Um, and that was really cool. And they did it with like hot fire. Like it was crazy. Cause of course the Usos are saying like, we're not afraid of going into a match with the street profits. We're not afraid of what would happen to us if we lost the titles because of Roman Reigns and all that other stuff. Cause y'all know daddy Reigns ain't gonna like it. But, um, either way they said they weren't afraid and the street profits answered the question that Kayla had asking if it's true that there was trouble in paradise for those two and if they you know and if you know there was any doubts in their minds if they could perform and if they've lost their edge and of course the street prophets say you know they haven't lost their edge but then they also said if and only it they said if someone is saying that they haven't been getting along lately they blamed it on dirt sheets <laughs> And I thought that was so funny because look, dirt sheets really do be saying stuff and like it's fact and putting it out there, you know, sometimes for the sake of clout and clicks, but then the stuff don't even really be true. And then you watch it play out on television. You'd be like, oh, so that wasn't true. Yup. So either way, they said they were hungry and they were ready for an opportunity because when it comes to like when it comes to the street profits they've been on the struggle bus since before and after wrestlemania it's like every other opportunity that they've ever had for a tag title they've lost lately 
And I'm wondering with the stakes being this big, you know, with it being the undisputed titles, will they go forth and use their drive and their hunger to push them to win the titles off of the Usos? Or will the Usos pull out and still win? And and if they win, will that mean the end of the Street Profits? Because if y'all look every week, Montez is getting bigger and bigger. His arms are huge. He's doing more stuff in the ring, you know, than ever before. Like, it's kind of safe to assume that at some point, the breaking point is going to happen and the Street Profits are, are going to mess around and be no more, which makes me sad to think about. But it's undeniable. Montez is a star. And if they don't, and if they don't, you know, hit while it's hot now, then Montez is just going to be cold and that's a problem. So, yeah. And I'm scared of what will happen to Angelo Dawkins, you know, as a solo star too. But, eh. or maybe they could just be like the new day and just let Montez go off on his own and then just still have their brotherhood. That's what I would like in another way. So we just have to see. So that's pretty much everything I liked in wrestling this week. But in the midst of that, I do want to give my Money in the Bank predictions. Of course, Money in the Bank is going to be on Peacock and on the WWE Network, depending on where you're watching it in the world. Um, Tonight at 6 or 7 p.m. Of course, I know the pre-show might come on at 6, but either way, it's going to come on tonight. And I want to give my predictions. So for the United States title match... um, between theory and bobby lashley i feel like lashley is going to win simply because of the fact outside of them having flexing contests or whatever i feel like bobby lashley is going to win because he's the almighty and that's all i have to say about that and i feel like austin theory is going to pick a fight or try to pick a fight with john cena or something and maybe they'll they'll fight at SummerSlam. um because they're basically both you know I feel like Austin Theory is like the younger version of John Cena and John Cena is the older version of him. So that could totally work. Um, so yeah, I feel like Bobby Lash is going to win the U.S. title. Um, when it comes to the Usos versus the Street Profits, like I said earlier, I'm predicting the Usos are going to win and that's going to spell the beginning of the end for the Street Profits. Or um, the Street Profits could, you know, kind of still have their brotherhood and love each other and just let Montez do his own thing the same way the New Day did. Because we don't always have to stab each other in the back. We just don't. So I'm predicting the Usos. Um, and also with the Raw Women's title match, we have Bianca versus Carmella. I feel like Carmella is going to give it a good old try. But just like at Rolling Loud and every other moment she had to fight her, um, even before then, while Sasha was gone... Bianca is going to retain her title. She's the EST of WWE. You can always bank on that. She's going to win. Bianca is going to retain. And of course, with Ronda, um, Ronda Boo versus Natty McNatters for the SmackDown Women's title, I think Natalia is going to give Ronda Rousey a really great wrestling education in that match. And she's going to, and she's going to get really nasty with her the way that she's gotten nasty with her on Twitter. They've been nasty to each other. But ultimately, I feel like Ronda is still going to retain. And that's just, you know, how I feel about it. Um, now, the hardest part now is sort of predicting the women's money in the bank um, match. I'm predicting that out of all the girls in it, I am predicting that it's going to be either Liv or Shotzi that's going to win. It's going to be either Liv Morgan or Shotzi Blackheart. Um, 
because I know it can't be Becky because Becky ultimately doesn't need money in the bank, number one. And number two, I just want to see her suffer and fall into the pits of hell some more and punished for those and punished for those 26 seconds. I just want to see her lose more. I just do. I want more of the descent of Becky Lynch. I want Becky to descend so far that she becomes like last kicker Becky again. Like if she has to humble herself that much, then that's what I want to see. Because you basically trashed us for way too long and I'm sick of it. So yeah, Becky's going to lose and either Liv or Shotzi's going to win. Those are my predictions for the Money in the Bank match for the women. Now for the men, on the other hand, the men is much harder um but I predict that either Sami Zayn um Riddle or Seth Rollins could win those are my top three to win number one because Seth Rollins you know kind of has that evil thing going on for him and he could very well cash in on Roman Reigns and it would be a thing um because of the whole brother versus brother thing or it could be Riddle so he can have a new opportunity seeing as Randy's gone and he's out of the tag picture or whatever and because he has an axe to grind with Roman Reigns um because of the Randy Orton situation but then I say Sami Zayn is my number one simply because of the fact that he is bloodline and Uso adjacent and that would cause you know something serious to take place within the bloodline to where they have to ask if they really want him around or they would prefer to have it in-house or whatever or something like that like I don't know it's kind of hard to say but I but Sami Zayn is my number one pick um for a prediction so that's all of everything I liked in wrestling this week along with Money in the Bank predictions and now we're going to go to the conclusion Alright, so thank you for listening to this 100th episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. As usual, you know you can follow me, your girl Stephanie Hardy, on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. And follow The Hardy Wrestling Podcast on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And follow The Hardy Wrestling Podcast on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod. Thank you for all, to all of my followers and all of my supporters on social media and all of the above. And also check out the show, episodes of the show, and also interviews that I've done at my conventions and stuff like that on my YouTube channel, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Yes, it's the, because if you don't type the, you're going to get the Matt and Jeff and everybody else. So look up The Hardy Wrestling Podcast on YouTube and listen to the audio version of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, and everywhere else you can get podcasts. So of course, next week I might have an episode or next week I might not, but either way, I'm so grateful to have this podcast and this platform um, to give a safe space to talk about wrestling and to talk about what I love about it. And hopefully I can continue to do that until, of course, you know, I can't anymore and I have other stuff to do. But I'm just so grateful for all of you for listening and sticking with me for this long. And I hope that you're living a fantastic and fulfilled life um, as you're moving about in this world and just being the good part of life and not the angry or dark part of life. And just continuing to just press on for what you care about and love on the people in your life while you can because life is crazy but as long as we lead with love and light then everything will be just fine so thank you thank you thank you for supporting the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy um and until next time bye y'all